All right, Tim Blankenship here, Divorce661.com, the Divorce661 Daily Perspective, episode number 25 for this Monday, November 13th, 2023, where I talk about what I did for the day, clients we helped, uh, issues that clients are having, so you kind of get an idea of how to maybe correct some of your own things if you're doing it yourself. Real quick, I just want to make an announcement. Uh, if you're in L.A. County and you're still on the fence about filing for divorce, I know Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays and all that are coming up. If you want a fresh start in the new year and you want to get your divorce completed this year and you're in L.A. County, I can get that done. We have 16 days left where we can file and actually have your divorce approved by the court by the end of the year, before the end of the year. So you are completely done. I'm going to make this announcement every day, both on a short video and within these videos to try and get the word out that even though it's a six-month process with L.A. County only, I can have your divorce approved at the five-week mark. And you'll be totally done going to 2024. Not a single person just yet, but totally divorced. All your terms and agreements signed by the judge. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And I, I will do that for the next 16 days. All right. the Today, Monday. So uh, we do get a little slower going into the holidays. We're about, what, just under two weeks before Thanksgiving. So we do see a, a normal trend downward of business. Still keeping busy, but just not at uh, crazy Levels, which I guess I also appreciate as well. It gives me a little bit extra time with the family. But here's what we had for today. Three new cases uh, for L.A. County. Uh, clients living in Santa Monica and two in Santa Clarita. Uh, they're all filed and already with the court. So with L.A. County, as I, as I tell you, we can always e-file those. And we usually get them back um, at least same day. But lately, 15 minutes, an hour, we get them back really quick. I thought there would be a backlog today because, as I told you last week, Thursday through Sunday, the e-file system was down for maintenance for LA County. So I thought there'd be some backlog and everyone would be uh, doing their filings from last week today, but not a problem. We got it back within 20 minutes, uh, three of our cases uh, with the county. Uh, I also took on three new judgment prep cases today. People calling, they have judgments rejected, or maybe they just filed their initial petition and, and stopped and got uh, stuck, looked at the next phase of disclosures and settlement and thought, wow, I better get someone um, to help me, and that's pretty common. Uh, we get people calling us at all phases of the process, anywhere from just having filed their petition to turning in their judgment a half dozen times of, and getting them rejected. It just just depends on how much pain you're willing to accept before you need uh, you reach out to us for help. So again, we handle clients throughout all of California. Um, LA County today seemed to be two of them, and Orange County was another. And these were some older cases, 2021, 2019. I know people get stuck. They just get frustrated, um, put it on the back burner, and then something happens um, where they want to you know, move forward. Maybe someone gets a boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe going into the end of the year, they want to get it wrapped up. And whatever your motivation is, I totally get it. We're here for you when you're ready. Finished a Sacramento a divorce case today, drafted their settlement agreement. Pretty straightforward. No kids or alimony, short-term marriage, just a property settlement. And with uh, Sacramento, I don't use the forms for them. I use the settlement agreement, um, which is pretty straightforward. Um, and we also finalized another case for San Diego County as well. Um, only four, four consultations today, pretty standard. Uh, I have two scheduled for tomorrow. Keep in mind, you're always welcome to call and leave a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can, usually the same day. Um, usually with the callbacks, if I'm getting back to you an hour or two later, you, you know, maybe you called on your lunch hour or something like that. Uh, keep in mind, you can go to divorce661.com and schedule a consultation there at a time that works for you. And you get on my calendar, see my availability, and I will call you on the minute. 
people are always seem to be impressed when I call them right when they're I'm supposed to call them. Alrighty. Um, okay, now I'm going to get into some of the issues that came up with uh, judgment reviews and judgment rejects and things of that nature. Again, we're going to be talking about the issues with the FL-160s. Um, and one of the judgment rejects I had today, I uh, had clients who had a, a short-term marriage, less than two years, no assets, no debts, uh, no children, no alimony, it's as simple of a divorce as you could imagine, just from the paperwork side of things. Um, and they've been going through this for two years. I think this was the 2021 case. And the, a response was filed. They're filing property declarations repeatedly. And I think they just, once you get into this uh, black hole of of the court telling you what to do and, and the rejections and so forth, they do, people just keep filing document after document thinking it'll fix the prior document. And there were so many mistakes. You guys are, you know, some of you do better than others. Some are just, I mean, it's awful. I'm reviewing um, 67 pages of documents and you haven't even turned in the settlement agreement. Today was 43 pages of documents or something like that. All kinds of things that didn't need to be filed and most of them filed incorrectly. Uh, property declarations being attached to a response that didn't need to be filed and it was completely blank. They didn't put anything on there at all. I mean, if you're going to list a property, you know, put, attach a property declaration, you don't have any assets or debts, then mark down none on all of the items. But if you're doing that, just mark none on the petition where it says separate property and community property, mark none. You don't need to attach property declarations if there's no assets or debts. So, um, and the court, you know, even rejected the judgment on one of the occasions saying, you turned in a totally blank property declaration, so we have no idea what, what you guys have. Going back to the property declarations, you guys know I talk about that a lot. Um, if you list an asset or debt on the petition, I'm sorry, on the property declarations, even if it's attached to the petition or the response or not, you just file it loose by itself, not attached to anything. All Now the court is aware of what you have in assets and debts. I had a uh, current client of ours who had a paralegal two years ago, dropped the ball. It was really bad. I've talked about this as well. Really messed up the case. I had to review. This was the 87 page uh, uh, one I had to review. And at the end of the day, it was a pretty straightforward case. But what had happened is they had filed the property declarations with like minimal property, some you know credit card with ten dollars on, and just silly stuff that really is is non non sequential, essential. Anyways, um, so I, I at the end of the day, I said, "Well, you have all these little assets and debts on here that we need to address." And she asked me, "Tim, can we just say you know no assets or debts each to keep their own?" And generally, I would say yes. But for the fact that they had filed these property declarations, which now the court know, is aware of them. So we can't then file a judgment that says there's no assets or debts or even that each to keep their own because these property declarations were filed and it was shown how they were at this particular asset or debt was to be divided. Now that has to be addressed on the settlement agreement or judgment forms, depending on what which way you're going with that. And um, that has to even if those assets or debts no longer exist. Told you last week we had clients that had multiple judgment rejects because the court was saying, and the court's not going to help you, obviously. They're going to just tell you, um, hey, you can't do this, but they're not going to tell you why. So in this in this case last week where the judgment was being rejected for one of the reasons, for multiple reasons, but they were not listing the house on the judgment that was listed in the property declarations. But the court said this in the reject letter related to that reject item. They said, all community and separate property listed in the petition must be addressed 
in the judgment, but it didn't say it's the house, dummy. You need to list the house. But they couldn't figure out what are they talking about. We have everything in there that's on the petition, but they, they were not including the house. And the court could have just simply said that, hey, you forgot to list the house, but they didn't. They just did this blanket statement, which they normally do to say uh, all separate community property listed in the petition must be uh, disposed of in the judgment is literally the word for word what that will normally uh, say. Okay, so uh, respondent filed a response with property declarations or completed blank. We already talked about that. Um, next subject. You guys are not addressing spousal support. I keep getting these uh, cases that we take on where the where on page two for the petition where it talks about spouse support, you know, you can either ask for reserve jurisdiction, terminate jurisdiction, or say, uh, you know, petitioner respondent wants spouse support. But uh, two cases today, they were completely blank. They didn't mark anything. So I asked them, why'd you leave that blank? They said, well, we don't want spouse support. I said, fine. You need to address that on the petition. For those of you who are getting ready to file your divorce, you're not going to use my service. Regardless of what you want to do for spouse support, just don't leave that section blank. Don't use the other box and put no spouse support. The correct language for spouse support is terminate the court's jurisdiction over the issue of spouse support for petitioner and respondent. Okay. Petitioner files. So next subject, petitioner filed response that said no assets or debts, but then filed property direct declarations listing all kinds of assets or debts. Okay, this was a this was a good one. This was one of the judgment rejects today because of the, the way the petition was filed. I tell you many times the, the petition is wrong, even though the court accepted it, it will cause the judgment to be rejected. So in the petition, the, the parties wrote on separate property, there's no separate property to be divided by the court and same for community. So there's no community property to be divided by the court. Then a week later, filed this property declaration with all kinds of assets and debts listed on it. So the court was confused. You said there's no assets and debts in the petition, but now here's this property declaration for separate and community that says there's all these assets and debts. And hey, by the way, you didn't say who's keeping them, who it's being um, assigned to. So I'm just going to go back. If, if you listen to anything, if you have an uncontested case where you guys are in agreement or a default with the written agreement, do not attach the property declarations are just going to cause you a major headache. And almost 99% of the time when people call me to take over the case, they have filed these property declarations. And honestly, it takes me longer to correct all your errors than if you just called me from the beginning. It's, it's literally more work for me to go through and review everything, fix everything than if we just started from scratch. So heed that warning if you're watching this and you're thinking of possibly using my service and you think, you know what, I'm just going to let me file and just see how it goes. That's your first mistake right there. One of the cases, the next subject here, one of the cases I took over uh, today, the uh, neither party had an attorney and they had a settlement agreement. It was 14 pages, by the way of nothing, just all this gobbledygook legalese that is meaningless and worthless, but maybe the attorney charged by the by the word. Um, but the, the attorney signed the settlement agreement, but the attorney was neither party's attorney of record. So that was causing the judgment to reject right there. The attorney was helping them in pro per, I assume, or one of them, and counseling them and doing the paperwork like I would, but I don't sign your settlement agreement. I'm not approving it. Just the parties are approving it. You guys are your own attorney. So I saw that and thought that was crazy. The next thing was on this settlement agreement, I think the attorney got this settlement agreement off of, um, you know, 
did a Google search for, you know, settlement agreement with California. I've talked about this a lot as well. Do please do not use those. They are terrible. They, they sound fancy. They look good. They have all this cool information in there. It says, Oh, this looks official. It's so they're so bad. They're so wrong. As was this one. These people had no assets, no debts, no kids, no alimony. And they had a 14 page settlement agreement. I was reading through it just because it was, it was hilarious. Like it was talking about um, all kinds of case law and irrelevant things to their case. If you have no assets, no debts, no kids, you're going to have a two page settlement agreement, not 14. So crazy stuff we're seeing in the 11 years I've been doing this. Okay. Next subject. Being the petitioner or the respondent makes no difference if you're going through an amicable divorce. I had someone say, Tim, I don't, my wife's going to be the petitioner because I don't want to be the one to file saying I want the divorce. And so that for them, that is just uh, what they decided to do. They felt like I don't want the divorce. So I want my wife to be the petitioner. Fine. Do what you want. It doesn't matter to the court at all. Keep in mind as the petitioner, the other party is the respondent as opposed to plaintiff and defendant. So when you're going through a divorce, just because you're the petitioner doesn't say you're saying you're doing that the uh, respondent did anything wrong. That's why the names are purposely changed from petitioner respondent to, you know, to petitioner respondent from plaintiff and defendant, because you're not defending anything as the respondent in divorce. Our clients are going through divorce and one is not the defendant. So keep that in mind. But I get what this gentleman was talking about today on one of the consultations I had. He just didn't want it to appear that he wanted the divorce and that was totally for personal reasons. All right, next subject, uh, consultation with someone who had been, uh, a case had only been filed and nothing else. I keep seeing every day, every week, maybe not every day, every week, where I get a call and we get a client where parties have used another service, maybe spouse went out and hired one you know, company or, respond, or husband went and got a, a company, and maybe they weren't communicating about that. But I get, I'm handing a lot of old cases, two, three, four years old, where all I'll see when I check the case summary is it was filed and nothing else. And they're surprised to say, hey, we paid someone and they filed the paperwork. We thought we're done. And I'll look it up. And literally the initial summons and petition was filed. That's it. No one was served. No disclosures, no nothing, no settlement agreement, nothing's been done, and they can't get a hold of them again, which keeps happening. My frustration with that, as I mentioned before, is that as I had a consultation with someone on Friday, was really um, concerned about hiring us because they had been burned by someone before, and I totally get it, which frustrates the heck out of me because I don't – now here is someone who wants to hire me who now has pushback because they're like, well, the last person we gave money to didn't do the job. And had actually asked me, said, Tim, why don't you do it all first and then I'll pay you? And I've never had asked, had anyone ask me that in 11 years. If you're not confident about my service and you're that concerned, then just don't hire me. Go hire someone else and roll the dice with someone else. That'd be my advice to you. Um, but I'm not going to do the work and then hope you pay me. Um, you're just going to have to get over the fact that you made a mistake in the person you hired the first time. And, that, and know this, I do take on a lot of cases where this happened. You're not the only one. So hope you enjoyed episode 25 of Day in the Life of an LDA, uh, Divorce 661 Daily Perspective. Episode 25 for this Monday, November. What is today? 13th, 2023. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.